For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal. Hello, this is Dauber. And this is Cammy. We're from Oceans of Slumber. And you're listening to MSR Cast. Welcome, my friends, to episode number 287 of MSR Cast, your mainstream resistance podcast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with Sean the Metal Pigeon. How are you, man? Very good. It's the day before Thanksgiving. It is. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone listening. Uh, or, you in know. America, if you celebrate it. Yeah. If you don't celebrate it. <laughs> if you don't you celebrate know, it, and happy Thursday. Day. <laughs> um, we are going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, I brought up a topic I wanted to sort of discuss. Bands uh, that we're thankful for in our life. Yes. Did you come up with any? Did you think about this topic? Yeah, I, I thought about it. Okay. It's an interesting question. It is. You know. And it might not be uh, every. It might not be your favorite band, you right? Know? Yeah, it's it's a very interesting point. Um, but we're gonna play some new music on this episode because the last episode where we covered uh, 1993 with our good friends from the Metal Exchange podcast. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I know it was uh, a little bit a little bit off for you because you know I was much older during that time period, um, but. I think we're. I think that might be something we do every year. Uh, I don't. We should have started. We should have started it before. But next year, maybe we'll do a '94 episode and we'll do '95. You know, I think we've already done a '95, haven't we? Feels like we have. I, I, yeah, I have to go back and look. But I, th- I think you're on to something with the '93 one because I just listened to a. Uh, I think there was one of the recent Metal Sucks podcast episodes, and one, yep. and one of the hosts was talking about 1993 being a pivotal year for metal music. I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, it might be more than just uh, uh, more one than stray just opinion by you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it makes sense that you're, you're uh, what, eight years younger than me? Yeah. So it does make sense in that in that context that that might have not have been as important to you during that time period, you know? Yeah. But from a, yeah, but I can definitely see how it was important as a metal from a metal historian point of view, Sure, you know, like uh 1986 was important, but from a metal historian point yes. of view, that kind of thing. Yeah. In your childhood, what was an important year of metal for you? In my childhood or like in my adolescence, I mean, uh, well, yeah. Cause, uh, I would say like 90, 1997 was a big deal. 97, okay. For me, because that, that's when I started really getting into European extreme yeah. metal and like, you know, got Demu Borgir and Cradle of Filth. And that's when I started really going after bands from Europe and paying attention from that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. For, you know, so yeah. That was uh, the year, a year or two before I started Mainstream Resistance. We sort of started that in like 98, 99, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was some good time, those late 90s, man. It was some good music coming out. A lot of central media for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, like we were saying, like that, those were the days when you would know every band that was on those yep. labels, it, that kind of thing. You would know every band on the roster yeah. of the label. Like, we were looking at stuff on the on YouTube earlier, on the YouTubes, and we're like, oh, what's on central media now? Some of it we didn't even know. Right. Like what was it? One of the bands is super popular. It's on there. I'm like, oh, I didn't had no idea. 
Yeah. That's probably where they make the money is from the impo- the 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 really popular bands and then the other bands is sort of like a trickle down. <laughs> I think that one of the reasons why the roster thing stopped being so like, you know, people like us don't like we're, we're plugged in yeah, we don't really pay attention to rosters anymore. It's because like all these al- bands started doing like one album deals or licensing agreement deals. Yeah, and it wasn't like these bands were signing like five album contracts with these, you know, yep. and like being guided by these labels and stuff. So it seemed less important than it used to be. But I can I feel that. Yeah. So what have you been up to recently? Um. So yeah, I mean, just listening to a lot of music. I, I've been writing. Uh, planning out this feature i'm actually going to release the first part i think tomorrow oh really of uh kind of a career retrospective on bruce dickinson oh that brings us to a news topic we can discuss yeah um because the new album is somewhere down the line next year i thought i'd release these things that i started a long time ago but do them in phases so like the first part is going to cover um, I actually started writing it ages back, and I've sort of you know cleaned it up. But it's it covers Tattooed Millionaire and Balls to Picasso, and then I'm gonna do another one that features Skunk Works, you know, um, Accident, Chemical Wedding, or something. Or you know, I'm gonna break it up into three pieces before the new album comes out because I thought I thought it'd be a lot to read at once for someone, <laughs> you know, like this whole thing on this guy's career. So I was like, ah, I'm gonna just break this up into installments and release it over time so yeah that's what i've been working on for the on my end and he's gonna be touring again next year too yeah that's right yeah they i think he already announced dates for uh some places right yeah uh some england dates some european stuff some some festivals um because i know iron maiden is touring again next year too which i might go see them in i might be san antonio i don't remember yeah, I, I'm on the fence about doing that, too. I'm, you know, it, it, I don't think it's in any danger of selling out right now, so. So I guess there's a seven inch of a new new single coming out uh, December 1st called uh, The Mandrake, Afterglow of Ragnarok. Yeah. The album is The Mandrake Project, but there's a limited edition seven inch that's going to come with the If Eternity Should Fail uh, demo. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah, I mean, he, he put out a little like ten second snippet yep. of the song, of the single like a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm definitely going to listen to it. It's one of those things where I can't resist. Yes, exactly. So, yeah, it's been how many long, how many years? And uh, so 2005 was the last album. Yeah, jeez. So yeah, I'm glad uh, Roy Z is like working with him. Yeah, it's it it wouldn't be the same without him. What I really love to see is for the touring band to have like. Guys like like a like Eddie Casillas back on bass. I think that'd be cool. I know he's not going to get Adrian to do guitars, but yeah, like having some of the old live lineup that that played on Scream for Me Brazil would be pretty cool. I think Eddie Casillas would be a big one. And Eddie Casillas, by the way, is the guy who convinced Bruce to go back to Maiden because like he got the you know he had the talk and like oh you know we want you to rejoin Iron Maiden and he went and talked to his solo band at the time and his solo band like he wanted their opinion. And Eddie's like, oh, you know, you got to do it. You you just have to do it. Yeah. You know, metal needs you. Maiden needs you. And he's like, yeah, but why are you saying that? And he's like, because it's Iron Maiden, man. You go. Right. You know, so we all owe Eddie Casillas a debt of gratitude. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah. 
we wouldn't have Iron Man the way it is today if it wasn't for you. Possibly, yeah. Even though it took us away from more solo music for a long time, but you know. Yeah, I mean, and you know, I think I don't think it was an easy decision for Bruce because no. Chemical Wedding, like he knew what he had at that time. It was like this is a great band and everything's like rolling, and oh man, I could do another album with these guys, but you know, yeah, it was what it was. So uh, that leads me to another classic metal band I wanted to talk about in this episode, uh, Megadeth. Yeah. So Kiko has announced that he's extending his absence from the band. Yeah. I'm, I'm a little puzzled by the whole thing. I mean, I, I know that Kiko hasn't talked about why he's doing it. I, I'm guessing he just doesn't want to be away from home. because Well, there's a family issue that, that's been said. Oh, okay. Um, the reason he left or there was a family issue he had to attend to. Um, so, but I don't know what that... And I guess... From what they've said on both sides, they've had discussions, uh, amicable discussions of maybe it's not time for me to return to the band. I still have been dealing with an issue. Uh, so I don't know. I really don't know, man. Um, I think the the, the more pressing, because they, they, it seems like they got a good replacement for him, but the more pressing concern is like, is he going to still be on board for the next, if they do another studio album? Sure. Is he going to be part of that whole process? The, the drummer, yeah. uh, not the drummer, the guitar player is from Winter Sun. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Can't exactly. think of his name right now, but yeah. I mean, which is weird because like everybody's like, "Oh, Kiko from Angra." Now nobody's like, "Oh, this dude from Winter Sun." Nobody's like, they don't go. People aren't mentioning them hand in hand. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, which they should. Yeah, I mean, t- t- in fairness to the to the new guy, but. Uh, yeah, it, w- the other thing that stunned me was to find out that Kiko had been in Megadeth for nine years now. It's like, really? I oh, know, right? How'd that happen? <laughs> how, yeah, how the hell did that happen? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'd like to think that uh, Kiko will rejoin them at some point next year. I know that they're going to be on the road for most of most of the next year. So Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't do this unless it was something that was important right. uh, personally to him. So. And it doesn't sound like, yeah, well, you're out of the band. It's there's a space open for you when you want to return. The more interesting thing about this whole thing is like people praising Dave Mustaine for like, yeah, oh, that's the way you handle like a lineup change situation. Like you, you respectfully address it, <laughs> lay it all out for the fans, and everyone's comparing it to the uh, sl- the Slipknot stuff that just happened oh. recently with throwing uh, Jay Weinberg out of the band. And kind of unceremoniously and fans going like WTF. I mean, we don't really talk about Slipknot on this show, but we can talk about that. Yeah, it's a big story. I mean, I mean, Jay Weinberg, great drummer. Yeah. uh, Just like his dad. Uh, You know who his dad is, right? Yeah. Okay. A lot of people don't know. I'm like, what? Um, Maybe Jay can go jam with Conan now. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I know uh, Jay Weinberg just had some major surgery too. Yeah, like hip surgery yeah, or something. So yeah. maybe there was issues that were that led to the decision of we this guy can't perform the duties now. I don't know. Yeah, still seems kind of I don't know. It's kind of messed up. It same thing that happened to Mangini. Yeah, but at least with Mangini, it was sort of like, hey, you, you know, you know the score that if if we ever get back with Portnoy. Like this is what's gonna happen. I think I think he knew that going into. Were you, ex- it, you know? were you? Let me ask you this: Were you expecting that to happen? Yes. I remember, were you really? Yeah, I was I not wasn't. surprised. 
I know it was weird. Okay, so leading up to it, Jeff Scott Soto posted something about um, the band he was in with Portnoy that there was nothing really, they weren't working on anything right now. And like a few days later is when they announced that Portnoy's back in Dream Theater. I mean, he'd been hanging out some of the shows recently. So there was something there. Um, at least Mangini didn't wake up and look on the internet and go, oh, I'm out of the band right. on a, by a news <laughs> headline. At least they called him ahead of time before it was officially announced. Yeah. Which I give him credit enough for that. You know what I mean? Um, once, once the, once both camps were kind of talking to each other again, that's, you know, yeah, that was, you knew, you, you could see it happening like a, a while. You know, Why so, are you hanging out with your ex-girlfriend? Oh, no, nothing. No, it's all good. We're, we're just friends. We're nothing's going to happen. She's not rejoining the band. Next thing you know, I'm, yeah, I'm back with my ex-girlfriend. Like, if you ever hear a, of a situation where the, the you know the Cavalera brothers are hanging out with, like the the two original guys in the band, like and they made peace or whatever, then it's like two steps away from the reunion happening. When Max yeah. Cavalera is hanging out with Andres Kisser, yeah, uh, Derek Green needs to like watch his back. <laughs> yeah, like oh, what's going on? <laughs> what do y'all do? What do y'all? Do? Why why are y'all hanging out together? Well, because like the Halloween thing was. Um, if I recall right in the interview is it was like they, the, Kai and, and Kisuke made peace yeah. through Tobias Samet through participating in Aventasia sure. together and sort of running into each other and mutual friends of like, Hey, you know, like we'd like to have dinner or whatever. And then it was just one step away from doing the reach out to, to the, the guys in the band and you know, yeah. They started uh, working on a new album, Halloween. Yeah. Um, so the Metal Exchange, they covered uh, Chameleon a few episodes ago, and I hadn't revisited that album since like the 90s, man. Yeah, me too. So I'm sort of in the middle of, lis- besides listening to new music, I'm in the middle of going through the Halloween discography, and I have just made it to, um, which album did I make it to? Uh, the one with Push on it. Um, so I haven't made it to the dark ride yet. To uh, push time. Um, damn it! I'm looking it up on my on my list right now. Um, which album did I make? I, I made it past Chameleon. That was hard to do. Um, I think that um, Chameleon sounded better to better me than, than I Raw. remembered. That's it. what it was. Better than Raw, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, Chameleon was more enjoyable to me than I remembered it being. <laughs> me too. There's some really decent songs on it, and, and it's weird because I like some of the songs on Chameleon because Kisuke did that Past in Different Ways album where song he did some songs from that album, and I enjoyed the, some of the tracks on there I still enjoy. Um, like, uh, I think I Believe is still good. Yeah. Uh, when the Sinner, I still like that song a lot. Yeah. Uh, Windmill is good. Um, there's some good songs on that album, you know, but it, like what they said on the Metal Exchange, Justin and Chris, it felt like a solo. Everybody was trying to do a solo album. Right. Yeah. And just stuck it all together. Yeah. There was no cohesive, uh, bonding of a of a, a band there at all really so each song felt like a different person wrote it you know i i would bet that 
that's how they recorded it. Like they weren't in the same studio yeah. hanging out at the same time. They yeah. were they weren't jamming these songs. It doesn't sound like but. right. All right, um, let's go back to Mangini right now. So he just put a solo album out. Did you know that? Uh, I heard. Of, I read something about it. I've heard a little little bit of it. It's called uh, Invisible Signs. Uh, his guitar player is Gus G on this album. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, this girl uh, Jen Majura on vocals. Um, I guess she there was some kind of YouTube thing that she did. Um, but yeah, she's in. I can't remember. She's in. She was. Uh, oh, she was the guitar player for Evan Essence for a while, which doesn't make it any better. But good hmm. vocalist. The album's no. different. It's a uh, very rock influenced. You know. Yeah. Her, her last name is Majera. Majura. Oh, okay. No, M A J U R A. Oh, okay. Yeah, and uh, not bad. If you uh, like hard rock, I mean, I would check it out. All right. Uh, you ready to get to the first uh, band of the evening? Yeah. So uh, I this is the thing I picked. I'm freaking enamored by this album, which I knew I would. Um, I saw these guys open up for Ocean of the Slumber last year. And they're from Austin, Texas. The band is called Hinayana. And I, I, was like, I immediately went and bought a shirt from these guys. I'm like, I, I, I really dig them. They're very talented um mellow death type stuff if you like wolfheart you're you're gonna dig these guys uh and then ironically the song that i picked a tide unturning features tomas sakinen from wolfheart of course um you listened to this earlier but let's let the uh let, let everybody listening to the show get a get a chance to uh hear it for themselves and we'll talk about it when we get back We'll be, you want to say anything about it? Um, I thought it was good. Death Doom. Texas Death Doom. Yeah. I kind of wonder if they're going to do any local shows in Austin. I know they've been, that, you they've know. been touring Europe. So oh, okay. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're. They're, they're too they're, big for local they're, shows. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're up on that, uh, on that ladder already, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, let's get into it. This is a tide unturning from Hinayana. We'll be right back.
And we're back with uh, New Theocracy, which I guess we're a little bit late on. Um, the yep. album came out like uh, about a month and a half ago, I think. Uh, but uh, New New Theocracy, Mosaic, the title track from the album Mosaic. And um, before that was... Uh, well, 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 yeah, okay, go ahead and say... Well, Hinayana. Let's the, yeah, let's talk about the Theocracy and we'll get to Hinayana after that. Uh, the theocracy. So we kind of vague. We mentioned it on the last episode. We were talking with the um, the metal exchange guys, but uh, I think like a return to form for the band, just in general, just like a really great bounce back album. It's not that the last album was bad. I just thought it was underwhelming compared to what they've put up in the past. And this this album doesn't quite. It's not like my, my favorite theocracy album, mm. but it gets back to the basics of what this band does really well which is great vocal melodies really catchy memorable hooks vocal melody wise um they got a new guitarist in the band he fits in right you know very well um great solos and i thought that matt smith was just kind of on fire on this one in terms of just like knocking out like really in his comfort zone not not really doing anything other than just kind of classic Euro-tinged power metal. I'm glad Matt Smith has found a job after doing Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. Not the same guy? It, it Well, you know, may, maybe. I don't know what he does <laughs> in his day job, but... <laughs> this, so, get, let me, uh, there's nothing wrong with this, but they're, they are a Christian-based band, right? Yeah. Okay. But they have the cachet in power metal of just kind of being a great power metal band. So, you know, that you can, they're one of those bands that they, if you really look into their lyrics, you can kind of go, okay, that's what, that's where they're coming from. But if you just listen to them passively and you didn't really um, investigate further, you, it, it would never be apparent to you. There's not a lot of mentions of, sure, of, you know, overt religious stuff. It's not like in your face. Yeah, I mean, I, a song like Creeping Death has more to do with the Bible than anything Theocracy has ever done, you know? Or so. Jesus Saves from Sabotage. Right, yeah. But, you know, Jesus Jesus Saves, I always thought it was about him, you know, making sure that he's uh, ready for tax season and all that. <laughs> no, that's not what his song's about? Uh, you know, that's an interesting theory. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't got back and uh, listened to the full album, so it's definitely on my to listen to list, which is getting longer and longer right now as I'm trying to sort of like figure out my top albums from this past year. Yeah, but yeah, um, I liked what I heard so far. Yeah, no, it's 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 a great album um, for anyone who is into that kind of power metal, and you know, with me like this year, one of the th- the things that came to the forefront this year was me getting really irritated at the state of power metal and looking for those shining examples of in power metal that made me remember why I love the genre yeah. so much. And this is one of those examples right there. So, yeah, I remember your article. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's good that you, uh, it's, how do I say that? It's, it's, it's good that you're able to find these shining lights in the, in the, the craptum of some of the music out there. And make you happy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I mean, there are people out there that enjoy those other bands, so it's just whatever you're into. I got people on Facebook still talking about that article. <laughs> Do you really? Still responding to it. And it, it, I think it struck a nerve. Like, yeah. I, I know oh, that, it did. 
I know that people have uh, have talked about that uh, that very topic a lot on Reddit. But I think that it kind of crossed over into Facebook in a way where people are like, "Yeah, yeah, this is irritating me about power metal," and I was like, "Oh, struck a nerve here, I guess." So, yeah, it's that whole. You know, power metal should be from the heart and not yeah, just exactly, and not just being done to me to be overly. It's not a shtick, you know. It's not a shtick. It's not. It's not being done to be overly. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, for every, for, for everybody. I mean, Halloween can do sticky, you know, power metal, but. They do it from a place where it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like the thing, I, and I even mentioned this when I wrote about like the, you know, the Halloween factor. It's like, yeah, Halloween's humor bleeds through in their music, but those guys are funny guys. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just part of their it's it's part of their personality coming to the forefront. You know, it's part of Blind Guardian's personality coming yep. to the forefront that they cover the Beach Boys. For sure. <laughs> it's like, yeah. why are you guys covering the Beach Boys? Those all because we like the Beach Boys. You know. So and Why I just, I like exactly. I like genuineness and if and if that genuineness kind of emerges in humor like it did with Iron Maiden and you know like that's that to me is just like a natural extension of the band but when it's just some bunch of goofballs up there just sort of you know creating some sort of stuff for the hahas and the yeah and the you know view counts and stuff it just yeah it just rings as hollow so. So I wanted to talk about the let's talk a little bit more about Hinayana uh real quick. Um this new album they're signed to Napalm Records. Um like we said before they're from Austin. So the the word Hinayana is a Sanskrit term. It literally means the smaller vehicle or lesser path to enlightenment. Um these guys are are fucking phenomenal. Um I encourage everybody to go check out Shatter and Fall. Um just such a great album. Uh, spoiler might be pretty hard, uh, pretty high up on my list this year. It's, yeah, uh, it's it, it hit all the right spots for me. If you know what I'm saying, I'm I'm just adding it to my playlist right now. Yeah, there's been a lot of good mellow death death doom albums this year that are really dominating my my listens. Um, and but then there's some ones that you you would not expect that are high up on my list. It's going to be an interesting year for me. Yeah. So a lot of good, there's been some really good death metal that I've been into a lot of good prog for me. It's going to, it's been a definitely interesting year. You know, my, my, and we, I mentioned this to you when we were off air, but like my playlist for albums that have been released this year is 104 hours and 42 minutes of music. Yeah. Like, yeah. How the hell am I going to, you know, cause I'm trying to review all this stuff and it's like 104 hours. Jeez. I'm starting, yeah, so going back to my list, what I did is through the year, if I find an album that I, I like, I'll try to make a note on, I have a, an Excel spreadsheet, and then I'll add it to a Spotify playlist, right? But not everything, of course, is on Spotify, and that's a whole different thing right now I don't want to get into, but uh, I'm sort of going to clear out my Spotify list and start over, and I've started from A to Z of my favorite albums from the year, and I'm going to try to try to listen to them again as much as I can and then make my choices from there. Um, I, there's been some really good stuff this year, but we say that every year, but I just feel this year for me has been very dust doom heavy and even not, you know, 
death, but just doom heavy, you know? Yeah. So what's in just quickly, what's been uh, the top of your list so far? Like genre wise. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. That's a mix of stuff, I think, but there's, I'll, I'll say this, there's more power metal on there than I would have uh-huh. expected. Okay. Um, where that wasn't the case last year, you know? So that's, that's been the biggest surprise I think for me. It's going to be fun when we get to our, uh, our year in review, our 2020 and 2023 rewind already. Um, that'll be coming up in January. Um, so as we prepare and, uh, I'll be on vacation from the end of the, at the end of the year. So we'll have to handle it when we get back. Hopefully that'll get the vacation will give me more time to listen to some of the band. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, all right. So uh, you know, we, we, we talked about blind guardian. I want to talk about the, uh, the Milwaukee metal fest. So have you, did you ever go to Milwaukee metal fest at all? No. Nope. All right. I've been a few times, maybe 90 or well, 2000, 2001 ish. And one year I actually did the press not the press, but the 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 badges for the entire show. We're not going to get into some of those details, but that was a lot of fun. So I got to go another year. But I went to go promote mainstream resistance a couple of times. Had a great time. Um, ne- last year it was the same weekend as Comic Palooza, so of course I can't go because I'm working. But they've already they've announced like the the initial lineup right now, right? Um. So the initial lineup so far is Internal Bleeding, Heezen, The Red Cord, Skinless, Incantation, um, Metal Church, Possessed, some band called Marduk, Camelot, Catatonia, Deicide, Hatebreed. Why is Hatebreed on this show? I don't get it. That's a joke. <laughs> Inflamed, uh, Slaughter to Prevail, Blind Guardian, and Mr. Bungle. Yeah, it's a crazy bill. That's a crazy mixed up. That's the kind of bill you see at a European festival. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something for everybody. And I'm I'm excited that he's going this direction, Jamie Josta. And he's also said that bands that played last year, he's not going to do any repeats. Besides Hatebreed, I'm sure. But what do you think of this lineup? I mean, would this, so far, would, be, would it be something you would go to? Um... It's well, no, yeah, I mean, definitely, it's appealing. Um, the Blind Guardian thing has everyone in the power metal circle freaked out about the idea of like, oh, are they going to do a tour as a result right. of this, and like have like you know, a lot of bands, yeah, when they come over for like a big festival or something like this, they will do a tour around it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's cool, and I and I think that that's just a. Knowing what I know about him just for listening to that podcast, yeah. like he puts he definitely puts his money where his mouth is in terms of making this like a he, he wants variety and he wants like all these genres to metal genres to come together and not just be like, you know, death metal only or or whatever. So I, I gotta give him credit for that. No, I yeah, I do. I, I have no issue with him. I'm not a huge fan of his music, but that that doesn't mean I can't it, I like I like his podcast, um, and I like you know what he's doing here for sure. He brought back a brand that was in the shitter. Basically, nobody cared about it anymore. Yeah. Um, 
and what what he's done has been amazing. It, it succeeded last year. I mean, the tickets are fucking expensive. They're like almost three hundred dollars, but um, for a like three day weekend of show like bands, that's not that bad, really. Right. I mean, if you think about it, you go to a show now, three or four bands, you're paying forty fifty bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, and Hell Heroes is is up in there too for for that price. Uh, all all the the big festival shows like this, Prog Power is expensive. Everything is expensive. So you just have to decide what makes sense for you if you can or want to go. Um, unfortunately, this is a time frame where I cannot go. Uh, I would love to. Uh, I would love to see some of these bands together, but and revisit my my memories of being at Milwaukee Metal Fest. But those were shit. 20 25 years ago when i went you know i'm a i don't know if i could survive it anymore who was the promoter back then was it koshik yes it was yeah, yeah. i think he did an interview with koshik recently that was an interesting i listened to it yeah right when he uh sort of announced that he was buying the the name yeah he did an interview with koshik which was very interesting it was it was um you know he had like this this reputation about him but i thought it was a great interview yeah he actually um, had, I mean, one, one of the reasons why I wasn't surprised entirely to see Blind Guardian's name was there because he interviewed Hansi on his podcast yeah. with Schaefer back, like, just before the pandemic sure. hit. Um, yeah, so. I would like to see Mr. Bungle. I mean, that's very interesting to me. Because, I mean, you have fucking Dale Lombardo and Scott Ian in that band now, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That'd be great to see live. Um, all the other bands I've sort of seen live, you know, Metal Church plays a lot catatonia is coming here in december um in flames uh, if i see them again okay whatever right uh blind guardian i've seen camelot i've seen so it's not that i these bands are rare and they don't tour it's just interesting to see them on the same lineup i just i like the fact that he's trying to do like a north american version of bloodstock was what it feels like yes you know? Like diverse, you got power metal, you got heavy metal, like you know, thrash metal, death you got, metal, you know, you got metalcore. You got everything yeah. on here. Yeah, that's what I, I I enjoy that I I appreciate that. Um, and that's you know, I think Health Heroes is starting to open up that way too. Yeah, I mean, whoever thought Queen Drake would play fucking Health Heroes? I didn't, and it's worked out into an entire <laughs> tour with Armored Saint, and then Armored Saint is actually doing a headline show here in Houston. Oh yeah, that that same week, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's the same week because um, Hell's Heroes is what it's. I'm, let me look up the date. It's different, I think, because I think that show, the tour with Queensrÿche starts here the their first date, so it's March twenty first is the first date, and the Armored Saint tour is what. Uh, the next May or something when they come here. I'm going to look this up. Wow. Houston is May 15th. So they're going to be on tour for that. Um, or two months with Queensryche. So a good tour. Yeah. I'm going to go see the headlined, uh, their headline show. I haven't seen them in a couple of years. It's been a while. Um, I might have been with Queensryche the last time I saw them. That's what I was going to say. Uh, I, the entire time I've been, we've right? been sitting here, I've been thinking like, didn't I see, Armored Saint last time with Queens, right? I think, I think yeah, you're right. I'm sure I did. Because I interviewed Armored Saint on that tour. Yeah. 
Uh, and I remember Queensrÿche had tried to bring their their full like video backdrop into the scout bar, and it didn't work. Yeah, I remember was, I was like, I don't know if that was the show where I was like having to stand sideways. It was so crowded, or no, that was Sabaton. Maybe the last Sabaton show. No, it there. was a, it was a Queensrÿche gig. Maybe because like all all the all the people when you go to a Queensrÿche show, you have to remember. That there's a lot of people who don't go to concerts normally who end up at that show. <laughs> yeah. And they're very excited and they're drinking a lot of Bud Light. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for that too. Um, I remember once when they played Fitzgerald, they got advertised as the Armored Saints from Germany. Mm. And they made fun of that the whole night. And there was like, <laughs> there was maybe like 100 people at that show. It's crazy. Uh, you know who else is touring, right? Uh, who? who Tear. They're doing a headline tour. They have a new album out called Battle Ballads, and the, they're doing a tour in America starting in March, and that's going to lead all the way into the end of April. And they're playing here in Houston at White Oak. Battle Ballads, huh? Battle Ballads. So it's Tear, Trollfest, Ether Realm, and the De- Dread Crew of Oddwood, which I don't know. I think... I looked at the I looked them up and it looks like something a band that would play like Renfest or something. Which That's, could be okay. <laughs> that could be cool, yeah. Um I haven't seen Tears since they played with Children of Boredom some time ago at like House of Blues. I don't see a new album. Oh, it must not be out yet, huh? No, it's not out yet. It comes around the same time, I think. Yeah. So they announced like the album art and then like the tour at the same day. Hmm. Looks cool. I've always liked Tear. They're a very underrated band in that genre. The last time I saw them was 2019 when they were supporting um, Hell. Um, sort of an underwhelming album. But I saw them headline that show. Here? In Austin. There's oh. Orphan Land. And oh, that's right. I was on a cruise a during that show. That's right, yeah. Because you got me a shirt. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've seen them. Ghost Ship Octavius was at that show. That's right. Yeah. God damn. That would have been a cool show. That was good. Uh, Firewind have also announced they're doing a tour uh, in America. Uh, I'm trying to look up the dates here. They have a new album coming out called Stand United. I'm not, I can't say that I'm a fan. I can't, I'm not going to say that, but I like Herbie Langans, but he's not my favorite Firewind vocalist. Let me just put it that way. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. Because I I love fucking Apollo. He is always the epitome of what Firewind should sound like to me. That's my opinion. What is he up to? Uh, I don't know. He had that. He had one band for a while. Um, but let's see. They're touring with Edge of Paradise and Immortal Guardian. Which I've never seen Immortal Guardian. That could be fun. Yeah. But it starts in April and ends in May. So they're playing here at Warehouse Live on May 6th. Which uh, brings me to something else. Did you know about Warehouse Live moving? Yeah, I, I had heard about it. Um, someone on Facebook was mentioning something. So if you're here in Houston, Warehouse Live has been a staple of live shows for, what, 20 years or so? Yeah. It's been a while. Almost, yeah. Uh, not the best venue for sound in my opinion no um blind guardian played there one time and fucking sounded phenomenal but they brought their own people 
and they really made sure it sounded great. I think they recorded for an album that night, live album, which never saw the light of day. For well, at least our part of it didn't. Um, but I've seen a lot of great bands there. Uh, I remember seeing like Symphony X and Overkill one night, and it was just like a wall of fucking sound. Uh, so the the issue with them moving is I forty five goes right next to their downtown, and they're expanding that. So uh, from what I've from what I've read, the expansion of the freeway, which is going to be a multi multi year project is taking away some of the parking for that area. Yeah. So it's going to be an issue. So they also have another venue, which is further midtown called rise rooftop. And I've seen a couple of shows there. Um, and they're spending a lot of money in renovating that place right now. And that's where it's going to be called warehouse live midtown. Now that's the new location. Yeah. Uh, parking isn't great around there, but, um, I've seen a couple of good shows there. Sounds not bad. Stage is nice. Has a cool lighting. Um, and I didn't know it had like a retractable roof, which it does, which I was not aware of that. Because the only time I've been there, it's been opened. Yeah, they spent like a million dollars. Whoever whoever owns Rise spent like a million dollars. Oh, really? Doing the retractable roof for that place. I think it's such a... I don't know, weird, pointless thing. <laughs> well, it's not like it's a it's a huge it's not, it's not like this place is you call it a rooftop. You expect to be on a tall building or something. It's just kind of like it's like the third floor of a building. Yeah, it's just it's like this warehouse looking building that that looks like I don't know, kind of modern. I don't know. I I, I have I have mixed feelings about the whole thing because it's like yeah, like the parking situation is gonna suck over there yep. when they're building that freeway and stuff. It's like I get it, but the parking situation here sucks. Maybe the sound yeah. will be better, but I don't know. It's like a really cramped venue, you know? So it's like... It's, it's very rectangular. Yeah. Um, so it, I can definitely see... I even, I even do a smaller show there. I think that's how fast your puts got there. And there wasn't a shit ton of people, but just the amount of people there, it felt very crowded um, because there's not room for them to spread out wide. It's just... It's just layered after each other because it's rectangular, you know? Yeah. That's my biggest complaint right there. My, my biggest complaint is that parking's going to be a problem, but I, I know this is only a concern to Houston people, but like, right. like maybe, there, maybe there'll be some kind of resolution or something for the parking. I mean, I know that there's some parking garages near the area, but I don't know. I, my, my, my hope is that I don't have to ever go there because like most metal shows, hopefully we'll go to somewhere else, mm, somewhere better. No. I think there's going to be some metal shows there. Yeah, hopefully nothing I want to see. I think Twin, I know my wife wanted to go see Twin Temple, and they have already were scheduled to be there. So yeah, it, it'll be nice to know that they've put money into renovations when we go. I don't know. Who I saw somebody, so not Armored Saint, was it Dragon Force or something going on tour? Do yeah. You, do you know who they're touring with? Uh, I mean, they were just here. They were with, with Firewind. Uh, yeah, with Amaranth and. Um, oh, that's right. They came back, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they were here a couple of weeks ago with Amaranth and uh, Edge of Paradise and uh, some other band I can't remember right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Makes about sense. Battle Beast? Yeah, Battle Beast, maybe. So, Warehouse Live. Yeah, so Firewind will be playing there. So, maybe you won't go. Yeah, maybe. I'll go. Yeah. Um, what's coming up next? We have Sorcerer, new music from Sorcerer. We do. 
Speaking of uh, quality fucking doom. I was just listening to the Metal Exchange episode where they covered on this new album, which is not something they normally do. They no. don't really... But they felt... Um, I think Justin felt so strongly about this album. It's like, yeah, we're going to cover this record. And I, I totally get it. You know, like, this is... Um, and it's and one of the things they were saying in that episode was like how this is like a great album for people who are not sure if they're into doom metal or not <laughs> because because there are all aspects of this album yeah. that don't sound like doom metal like the pace is a little bit more up tempo and mm-hmm. than you would expect a doom metal and and yeah there's a lot of traditional heavy metal elements in this you know yes um like the especially know. the vocals yeah I mean the very first song it's like this up-tempo march kind of, you know, hard-driving, you know, up-tempo song that um, doesn't have, I don't know, it just it just sounds like meaty, heavy metal to me. And it's definitely one of my favorites. It's my favorite song on the album, but it's, it's just representative of this, the entire album just being very... Uh, unorthodox there are definitely some slower uh, like moments on the album that remind me of like two albums ago crowning of the fire king and stuff like that i agree on that one but they definitely changed it up a little bit and injected more of kind of just a classic heavy metal approach on this album and i really think it works for them yes i i agree there's elements on this new album that actually sound you you mentioned lamenting of the innocent um or I've been that there was uh, that song in particular. Um, and then yes, the crowning of the fire King, which is, I think is my favorite album by them. Um, especially that ship of doom is one of my favorite tracks from that band. Yeah. But there's stuff on this album, uh, that kingdom will come, comes to mind eternal sleep. Um, some really good stuff on this album. And if the term doom or, is throwing you off. You need to check these guys out because they are a little bit more accessible. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's epic doom, especially this album, like and uh, morning star is the song I'm thinking of the, the album yes. opener. It's one of my favorite songs on the album or maybe the favorite song on the album. And, um, it's, uh, it's almost like a, like a juiced up by candle mass at some points, you yeah. know, like just, if you like candle mass, you'll definitely like this band. Yeah. So uh, I'll let you introduce it, my friend. Uh, yeah, new. Uh, this is the Thy Kingdom will come from the new Sorcerer album, Reign of the Reaper. <laughs>
Sure.
To the show, my friends, and that was some serenity right there. Uh, everybody needs some serenity in their life every once in a while, right? Sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, I I really like this new album. I am not a Serenity fanboy. I don't really know much about them. Um, I know the Metal Pigeon over here is more into them than I am. Um, but I'm a big War Kings fan for some reason, uh, comparatively. And it took every time I uh, go back to like Serenity, I'm like, oh, that's the singer from War Kings. I love this. Uh, with the George Newhouser, uh, Yorg, Yorg Newhouser. Yeah. There you go. Um, it's funny that they had a band called Fallen Sanctuary too, because that's a Serenity album, isn't it? Yeah, no, I'm almost certain they named the side project after that, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, this new album called Nemesis AD, it's really fucking good. Um, really great songs, and the song that I picked is called Reflections of AD. It's a long track, but uh, there's lots of progressive like rock opera elements in this track. Reminds me of like, you know, uh, like what Sabotage would do, or like uh, even like a meatloaf at times. Yeah. Do you, do you hear that at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, this, so this album, yeah, I mean, this is, Serenity has been sort of on the, you know, receiving a lot of criticism the past couple of albums, um, uh, definitely the past two albums, because they just seem to have slipped a little and they seem to have, you know, songs like Set the World on Fire, like it seemed to just kind of go for the lowest common denominator. Yeah arena power metal type stuff and then for this album they really yorg gotta give credit to yorg fabio and the new guy marco marco pastorino for really turning the ship around and marco has a lot to do with this because he's a songwriter he is um obviously you might know him from temperance And um, he's the main guy in Temperance, main songwriter. He partnered with Yorg on Falling Sanctuary. And I I remember at the time when that album came out last year, thinking like, this is a really good pairing for Yorg to have a fresh songwriting voice to work with. And then lo and behold, he just joins the band like a year later. And it's (laughs) like, hey, let's let's get you on board for for Serenity. And it, it is the best move this band has made. In it maybe in their entire career to finally get a like a a songwriter that can match Yorg's um, and be a great like songwriting partner for him because when Thomas Buschberger left the band and like he left in 2014, that really left a void for the band 
I think. And, and then, you know, they had one album after that in 2016, Codex Atlanticus, that was really great. And it was really great because it was just Yorg saying like, well, I'm going to just do like a heavy, heavy vocal melody driven album because the riff master, Thomas, he's not here anymore. This so Chris Hermsdorfer. So uh, Christopher, um, he was Thomas's replacement. Okay. And he's, he's good as a guitarist. I'm not sure he quite fits the, I'm not sure he was ever really the songwriting partner that Yorg needed. He's from beyond the black. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Which, so I like that album that came out this year. With you know, with Marco in the band now, you have someone who, if you listen to Temperance and you know what he does for those those singers in Temperance, it's easy to see how that translates into this you know into Serenity. Yeah. And this album is amazing. I mean, it's seriously amazing. Like an excellent power metal album, maybe one of the best Serenity albums they've ever done, if not rivaling, um, you know, uh, Fallen, like Death and the Legacy and War of the Ages for being the best sanctuary, uh, Serenity album. You keep on mentioning this Temperance album, and I've got to say, I really, really, really like that Temperance album. And not not because Arian Lukinson's involved in it, which I didn't even know the first time I listened to it. I'm like, oh, that guy sounds familiar. But I really, really like this album. It's, the con- it's a concept album. Um what I like about it is, uh, is they're not afraid to take elements from earlier songs and revisit them later. I like when bands do that for some reason. Oh, on the on the new Temperance, on that new Temperance album, yeah. I I, I do like Temperance as a band. Um, the new album it, it had some I had some issues with it, but they're bringing a new singer on board, Kristen Starkey. Yeah, I'll give them a grace period and like, okay, the next album with her should be the one to knock it out of the park. But I, I, I love that band. Like I love what they've done before and um, with Alessia and, uh, but just here, but you know, going back to Serenity, hearing him in this band, Marco doing co-vocals on this song on reflections of AD. And you're right. This song is spectacular. It's, it's very Avantasia esque and yeah. Yeah. And very, you know, it's, it's, it's refreshing to hear them do something that's different. And, um, I was w- watching an interview with Marco, um, the bass player, and he was saying, like, uh, I'm sorry, not Marco, uh, Fabio, and he was saying that he was a little bit concerned when they were doing the the writing for the album and the recording. He's like, yeah, this is really different for us. But I think they needed something different. You know, they needed to do something to shake up their sound a little bit. And having injecting new blood into the band, into the lineup, like, sometimes that makes all the difference. They worked with Judas Priest, with Richie Faulkner. To like spectacular effect, yes. And I think that as long as they can keep Marco around in the band, I the future looks great for Serenity right now. I, I'm really surprised at how much this album like made an impact on me. It's a really good album. I mean, I, I'm sure this is going to be high up in your list for the, the the coming year, right? The interesting thing is about this about this album is that. Serenity's been like the punching bag in power metal recently, like one of the punching bags, like especially for War Kings. Like the the die I, like the diehard power metal crew just does not like I like War Kings. And um every one of those guys was at least most of them that I was talking to were like, Man, that new Serenity album, that's turn it, it turned heads, put it that way. It made yeah. people go like, Oh, all right, this I kind of like this new Serenity song. What's going on here? You, you hang know? out in some elitist power metal groups, in my friend. Well, I, you do, but but I think 
I think you know any kind of metal subculture you hang out with yeah, online tends to be elitist unless you go to like shreddit which is like the, the metal subreddit just general metal subreddit right but even there those guys are elitist also and the thing is that's how you that's how you filter out stuff and get different opinions yeah you, i no, i i get it but every fandom has elitism elitism in it everybody has their opinion everybody thinks their opinion is better than other people's opinion you the, know the, what i mean the thing is like a lot of these, a lot of the guys in the, like the power metal Reddit subreddit are very, they are open-minded guys. But the thing is when everyone, every new member to that subreddit comes there talking about Sabaton yeah. and Twilight Force and, um, I don't know, Glory Hammer. It's like for like the, the, the thousandth time, you're kind of like, it makes you elitist just by default of being an irritated and stuff. I guess you could call us elitist sometime because we talk about what we love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it'd be like... It'd be like if someone came to you like and wanted to talk to you about comic books, but all they wanted to talk about was the Avengers movies. You know, you'd be like, right. you know, there's other stuff. You know, there's it goes deeper than that. You know, uh, one thing I want to talk about is a book I just started reading. Um, actually, I have the book here in my hand, but I also started listening to the audiobook version, and I'm going to show it to you. This is my effing life, yeah. from Getty Lee. This book is a sick, sick baby. Um, but it's been great so far. I really like this. I've been always wanting to, you know, hear about his life because, you know, he his parents grew up in the Holocaust, basically. Yeah. There's some really great stories in the first chapter about that. I I love Getty's fucking old old man's Jewish voice. It's fucking great. <laughs> Are you listening uh, to the audiobook? I'm listening to the audiobook. Nice. He, he of course he narrates it. It's great. Um the re- do you know the reason why he's called Getty? No. His mom's ac- his real name is Gary. His mom's uh you know Yiddish accent was so sick it came out as Getty. So all of his friends started calling him Getty. <laughs> and at some point when he when he started the band he just called himself Getty Lee. Lee was his <laughs> middle name. And uh, that's what he did. He, he legally changed his name to Getty. I could almost hear his mother's voice yes. saying, <laughs> and he does that impersonation of her, <laughs> his mom in the, in the book. It's great. If you were a, a fan of Rush, if you're a fan of Getty Lee in particular, if you're a fan of metal and rock autobiographies, uh, I encourage you to check it out. It's a long, uh, it's a huge book. The book is how many pages is this book? Um, 500 pages, 507 pages, right? That's it's all him. It's no ghost. All story. him. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of photos and stuff in it, too. And the audio book is, let me pull up my Audible. Um, right now, if you sign up for Audible, you can get your first four months. We're not sponsored by them at all. <laughs> I'm just helping people out. The first four months was like five ninety five. You get one credit a month. And they gave you like a $20 credit to buy other things i'm on that i'm on that promotion right now are you yeah because i wanted to get that new travis baldry book which sucked by the way who the guy who wrote legends and lattes that kind of oh. D cozy fantasy book he had a sequel to it and the sequel sucks really i'm sorry yeah, yeah it sucked <laughs> um but you know it's back to getty lee um i would i, I would encourage you to uh get this book i'm, I'm interested to see that documentary he's going to be a part of uh this coming out in like december um, I forgot what it's called. It's like uh, the world according to Getty Lee or something yes. like that. Yes. Um, 
I don't know. I, I forgot. Yeah, I can't remember who was part of it, but there's some, someone's going around talking to Getty, hanging out with Getty, going around the world with Getty. I'm not sure what they're doing, but it looked it looked good. Uh, I'm trying to look it up right now. It went, <laughs> what an interesting story about his mom. Uh, it's it's a great book. Uh, if you have any, did you get that twenty dollars credit? Yeah, I already blew it on that stupid piece of crap. But, but you have you have you still have a credit for the months or no? No, I no because I I I blew it. I All blew right. the credit. You blew it, bro. <laughs> uh, next next month when you get the credit, buy this book. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I love hearing autobiographies read by the actual people. So it's very interesting. All right, um, why don't we get into the next band then? Yeah. This is probably one of the best, or if not the best, thrash album of 2023. Uh, the band is called Angelus Apatrita. Uh, I've been digging these guys for a while, but these is a Spanish band, right? This is they've been cranking out albums. It feels like they put out one in 21. Um, there was a self-titled, which is really, really good. But uh, they—they're a great fucking band, and this album—it's uh—it's modern thrash, but fucking fast and heavy, and everything that you would want from a thrash album is here. Uh, it has elements of testament, it has elements of overkill, it has elements of like modern thrash. It, they try different things. There's like choruses and and all kinds of you know there's clean vocals and you know it, it's really great um the, the song that we picked the play is called rats and it's really hard to pick a song from this album because it's all really good uh cold is really good it has like this really catchy fucking chorus um that snob song features uh jamie josta who we mentioned earlier you're like, did you mention earlier to me that you saw? Yeah, it sounds like Jamie Josta. Yeah, like the first, when I was like, first time I was listening to the album, I was like, why is this? Why is this vocal sound like Jamie Josta all of a sudden? And it's also <laughs> a, a very interesting, great song uh, called "Vultures and Butterflies" that features um, uh, the singer from Queensrÿche, uh, Todd Latore, which is very interesting. You know, it's it's a it's a really good album. Um, if you have any kind of interest in thrash metal at all. And thrash metal done in like the, the the 2023 style, but still keeping true to the roots of thrash metal. I encourage you to check out this album. It's called Aftermath, and we're getting into a song called Rats, and it's not a cover of the Ghost song. Just to let you know, <laughs> we'll be right back. Control my stellar tape. To 
to the show. That was Majesties. Uh, not the Blind Guardian song that's in my head right now, but... Um, <laughs> Isn't... When is uh, Blind Guardian not in your head? That's a good point. Uh, this was the song The World Unseen from the new album, quote-unquote new. It came out a couple, like many months ago, but it's the 2013... I'm sorry, 2023 album, and it's... Uh, it came out in March. Vast Reaches Unclaimed. Yeah, this album like slipped under my radar... I only, too. I only stumbled upon it recently and I was like, just like, like, whoa, this is, I've, I've wanted a band to do something like this, to sound like this. And I was like, surely this is just some band from Gothenburg. Cause it sounds, you know, so classic, like 1994, 1995, like in flames type stuff. Yeah, it really does. And it's now they're from Minnesota or something like that. It's like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever works. They're on a twenty buck spin, right? Yeah, yeah. That label is it's fucking killing it in the past couple of years. Yeah, if you good like stuff, really good death metal and there's a lot of doom stuff on there, like the new Tomb Mold album um, this year that they're they just put out a dream an ending split with Worm, which is really good. Um, what else? Fugitive, you know that used to be Power Trip, right? Mournful Congregation put out an EP this year on that label. Um, it's just been a a really great label in in the past couple of years. It's interesting that they um that they didn't make them just sign as power trip, don't you think? Like get a new singer. Well <laughs> sign, we're gonna sign you as power trip. I guess. I don't know. I see why. But yeah, this album, like this uh Majesty is like you know, as you've just heard it's it sounds like lunar strain. It sounds like like a lunar strain and gesture race sort yeah, of sound. It of, really does. And a little bit heavier vocals. Yeah. And, um, better vocals. Yeah. But yeah, you, even like tinge of like old, old, old dark tranquility in there too. Yeah. And it's like comfort listening to me because it's like oh god, I love I love melodic death metal for this reason. Like it's just a reminder of what I love about that genre. And um, there's nothing, it's not like they're reinventing the wheel. They're just doing a sound. It seems to me like these guys love that sound as much as I do. And they're just able to do something about it and be like, oh, we're going to, we're going to write new music in this mode. It's like, great. This is, keep it coming. Like there's their first album. They're a really new band. Um, so I didn't want their album to just slip under the radar and I'm, I'm glad I caught it in time. So, yeah. So uh, the one of the main guys was from a band called Obsequay. He's also uh, was alive with Panopticon at one point, um, and I, I mean that's not a bad lineup. The new Panopticon talking about uh, we're going to get to it, but uh, talking about like sort of like Americana metal. Yeah, you know. But yeah, we're going to get to a different band coming up soon that we're going to discuss. But yeah. Go back to Majesties. Yeah, I'm going to have to check out this album. I have not heard anything besides the song that we listened to earlier. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. It's um, it's the kind of thing that, like, when people were talking about the In Flames album earlier this year being, like, a return to form. And, like, when I hear this, like, Majesties album yeah. now, I'm like... Well, hmm. there's there's a world apart between what that In Flames album quote right, unquote so return to form was and this. Let's talk about was it Foregone? Is that the name of the album? Uh, the In Flames album. Yes. 
Yeah. All right. So, in flames, yes, they returned to when they weren't 100% crappy. There is actually some decent stuff on that in flames album that I still listen, I still enjoy listening to some of the songs. The entire album's not 100% great, but it's better than what they've been doing. And that's all I can say on that. Yeah, but the to me, I actually went back and listened to that album this week just to just to see what what I felt like. Okay, it's been a while for me though. And um, it was just like, man, the bar the bar with that band is so low that if they just <laughs> yeah. clear that small that low bar, yeah, everyone's like heaping praise on the make. This is not a, it's not a terrible album, but it's not a good album either. Yeah, I, I I see that. It's like you have a little kid that jumps over like a really small bar go with me here and you you lavish praise on 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 that kid right that's what it feels like we're doing in flames right yeah hey go look what you're doing all right yeah do better next time all right don't be so crappy but you know i mean i'd be interested to see them live again would you i wouldn't go out of my way to see in flames live if there were playing a show with another band i would i would definitely see them but yeah if they happen to be on the bill or something i i've seen them at their best i don't want to you know i don't yeah that's true we have yeah all right well we can move on from that <laughs> um do you want to take a few minutes uh the the week that we're recording and releasing this is thanksgiving week and i brought up a topic uh to you of what we're thankful for in the metal and uh, even in music in general. So I wanted to offer it to you first so um, to find out what what you want to give thanks to in a way. You know what I mean? Um, so are, are you thinking more just bands and stuff? It, it could be whatever you want, man. Um, whatever gets you through, what, whatever kind of music, whatever kind of band – Whatever it is, is this something you're, you know, that's a life, you're a lifelong fan of and, you know, you go back to, of course, it makes you happy. It, you know, it's the week of Thanksgiving. So we want to give back that thanks. Yeah. I think like in the, especially when I was going through the kind of burnout, like in the, like in the past couple of years yeah. of like writing reviews and stuff like that. And it kind of, it was, that's why I haven't really written reviews this year for the metal pigeon. Well, the one thing that kind of pulled me back into enjoying being a metal fan was like going back and listening to classic stuff. Yeah. So like, you know, we got to re we got to experience Halloween in a big way this oh, year. Oh yes. But I, it, that was a very important part of this past year. Yeah. But you know, also in addition to that, I've been listening. Just one of the, my indulgences is just going back and listening to like just fun Judas Priest stuff. You know, and listening oh, yeah. to I don't know, just like like classic Dawkins albums. I'm like, man, I, I just, well, I know this stuff. Like I've listened to it a, t- a thousand times before, but going back and listening to like the, the second or the first Europe album yeah. and just like, like old, like eighties, like hard rock like that. It's yeah. such a, like scorpions he, from that era. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. you, cause you, you can just like get so obsessed into listening to the new black metal albums and new yeah. death metal albums, like all the new music. And you just need to sort of sometimes detach from the new stuff and just, I'm going to plug back into like, 
I'm going to go listen to Back for the Attack or I'm going to go listen to like Judas Priest, like Turbo or Painkiller yeah. or something, you know? And, and, it, and it sort of reinvigor- like reconnects all those things in your mind that made you a metal fan in the first place. Like, hey, remember how you liked this awesome, simple riff here? We're going to plug that back in so you're not just listening to tremolo riffs like over and over again, you know? <laughs> so, right. yeah, I think it's like re- reconnecting with classic metal is something that I'm, I'm genuinely thankful for. And I and I, I do that a lot. I, I listen to a lot of Judas Priest. I listen to a lot of the stuff that I grew up on. A lot of old school thrash, a lot of old school just metal from like the 80s, you know? Um, it, I, it always has a place in my in my playlist so no matter what i'm listening to that's new i always will throw old school stuff into it one of my favorite things i used to do as a kid was to make mixtapes right um for friends for girlfriend for for me for whatever the reason right and this was back in the day where you actually had to have a dual cassette player and record play one and record it to the other if you remember those days uh but you know, with the new things like with Spotify and things like that, you're able to make playlists galore if you want to. And I really love making playlists of just like my favorite bands, my favorite songs, no matter what genre, what what year, what album. It's it, I love putting those together and just mixing it around. You know? Yeah. Like, do you have a fave band playlist on your Spotify? A favorite band? Mm, there are just other. Well, you know what it is. I, I what I do is I listen. I subscribe to the like the pre-built Spotify playlists that I think are actually kind of good. Yeah. Like, um, like they have some really, um, inspired like, like so. There's a playlist, um called uh and this is actually a, a user created one called hair nation the best of 80s heavy metal oh, really and it's this guy named jeffrey case it has over 2400 likes on it it's 36 hours and it just has like everything from like white snake priest dio it called? it's called hair nation which which is a you know a corny name but it's a, as a playlist it's like I, I just put it on sometimes when I don't want to think about stuff and share, all of a sudden share I'll, that like, with me later. I'll hit random and like all of a sudden I'll be hearing like, you know, Crocus screaming in the night. That's or, a great song. You know, um, like, I don't know, rat, like back for more from rat or whatever or it is. You just gone wild from skid row. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like whatever it is. But I want to take, I want to take a real quick, we're going to come back to this, but before we recorded, we were watching YouTube, right? And if you've ever watched, if you're watching the Masked Singer this season, um, it's fucking obvious that one of the characters on that show, it's the Tiki, right? It's fucking Sebastian Bach. There's no way around it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like him. It, uh, it it acts like him. It's fucking Sebastian Bach. It's monkey business. Monkey business. There's <laughs> in the clue packages and all that. I I can't wait for him to get unmasked and. You know, it, I, it. We used to watch the show a lot, but it sort of got sort of samey. And we, it, at some point, I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. They're like sports people and modern musicians. I didn't know who the fuck they were. So we just sort of watch, start watching for a couple of years. But I know we just popped it back on this year, and it's something I will watch in the background. But when that Tiki came out on that one episode, I'm like, holy fuck! 
And I, I, I was like, when they, we started doing an Elton John song, I was like, that is fucking Sebastian Bach. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, and I, but I remember my comparison. I was like, the two vocalists that are closest in comparison in is uh, Michael Kiske and Elton John. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about it, yeah, not when Kiske gets really high, but his lower register stuff sounds like fucking Elton John. That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right, going back to what makes us happy. I, I, I love Skid Row, I'll say. I, I loved them growing up. I loved a lot of 80s hair metal and 90s stuff. Um, I saw Skid Row uh, many, multiple times. Opening, I saw them open up for Pantera. I saw them open up for Bon Jovi. Then we left for Bon Jovi. We hated them. Um, but yeah, what what's some of your favorite bands from that time period? Oh, I mean, well, there's uh, there's so many. I mean, favorite ba- It's weird because Bon Jovi is the one who got me into rock music. They were my first introduction to rock music. Really? Yeah. But um, uh, from that era, I mean, the the ones that I respect them, like Tesla and Scorpions, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Um, but even even stuff that I, I really can't say, like I'm a Kiss fan, for example, right? No. But I still appreciate. Like I was, I, I watched the Lick It Up video the other night. And just how ridiculous Paul Stanley is in that video <laughs> yeah. where he's kind of like snapping and dancing in place. I mean, yeah, I agree. I've never been a huge Kiss fan, but I can, I like songs here and there. Um, but the thing is, like, yeah, the, the thing with that, like, just that image of like, of how they, of all those bands at that time. The further you get, the further we move away from it in time. Yeah, the more iconic it seems to me because now there's. All these new people, like all these newer artists coming up, like even if they're popular, they don't have that kind of iconic visual moment that some of these old bands had, you know? And um, like, you know, you're not going to forget like Guns N' Roses, Welcome to the Jungle music video. You're not going to forget some of the visuals of, of like, I don't know, like Motley Crue or something like that. So now when you see the when you hear about these new bands you just hear about them in passing you're like i don't even know what these guys look like right. or whatever and there's no i can't visualize them in my mind and it's that era is sort of fading away so yeah uh, it totally is i mean yeah that late 80s 90s that whole that you know hair, I will, not all the band i would call would consider them a hair metal but it was in that era um even going into like you know the early thrash metal and that kind of stuff and then even when um, grunge came in. I was never a grunge hater. I like certain things. I think Alice and Change is still one of the heaviest fucking bands to ever come out. Just just in their their songwriting and their tone and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I mean, back in that day, man. Like you, you mentioned Rat, and then like I really like Damn Yankees for some reason, uh, which I fucking hate. Uh, what's his name? Ted Nugent. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hate that guy. But, um, uh, the Scorpions back in the day, fucking, there was a band I used to love called love hate. And right. my best friend, Scott used to make fun of me for liking them so much. Then I would go back and make fun of him for liking venom so much. <laughs> that was just, that was just our deal. Uh, but, uh, there's a lot of great bands back in that time, you know? And a lot of it just got thrown into that whole hair metal thing, which not all of them were. Some of them were a little bit better. Some of them were not.
Yeah, I mean, well, because I mean, now it seems like everything's come full circle. Like now that that term hair metal is not seen as like a like a negative thing anymore. Yeah. It's just like, oh yeah, that's just a catch-all term for music that came out in that area. Eric is time period. Yeah. Big hair, big hair, and all the bands. Okay, that's you know, yeah, to say nothing of the quality of the band or whatever, you yep. know. What else? Is there anything else on your that that you want to give thanks to? Um, uh, the only thing I, the only other thing that really came to mind for me was like, and this is a controversial thing to say, oh. but it's like streaming. Yeah, because it is it is very controversial to say that you're thankful for streaming, but it just like like this playlist I just pulled up. Yeah, it's like. I can bounce from artist to artist instantaneously. Like all these bands I love, like these, this hair nation playlist and like revisit them within the span of like a car ride. And I don't have to like flip discs out or carry like all these discs with me and stuff like that. Right. I know it's a small thing and it's like these bands don't make anything from streaming. <laughs> royalties Especially with the, the, the recent news about Spotify. About yeah. That, that too. If you get under a thousand plays, they don't pay you at all. Right. Which is bullshit. I do not agree with that, but I do agree with your your assessment of it. Just makes it easier. I have I don't have to carry a book of C- I and I still will buy albums. That's why I got back into vinyls instead of like buying a lot of CDs. You know, um, it's it's easy just to 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 listen to stuff on Spotify, and if you support a band, if you like a band. Go buy their vinyl. Go buy their CD. Go see them when they come live. Go buy their shirt. But Spotify is not going to pay their bills, but at least it gets them into ears of new people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and like a playlist like this that's curated like this, there's like some, you know, like uh, there is honestly some bands on this playlist or other metal playlists that like Spotify puts together that I am like, oh, I don't I don't think I know that band. They were from that era. Okay. And I, and I listened to a song and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I, I kind of like this now. Like yeah. that one band, Soraya, and I was like, oh, yeah. I never would have known about them if it wasn't for this app. And, I remember them? And like, you know, getting into just old bands that have been forgotten by time, but thanks to streaming, someone who knows who has that knowledge can put together a playlist, and all of a sudden, like they are kind of breathing new life into this band by big guy by getting people who are kind of interested yes. in this style of music to be like. Oh, I kind of like this thrash band that was forgotten about in the '80s. You know, you mentioned uh, Judas Priest, and I want to uh, I want to take a quick moment here. I just got an email. There's a website called Premier Collectibles that I've used before to buy autographed books, but you can get the most recent Rob Halford book called Biblical autographed right now for forty bucks. It's pretty cool. How are you going to get a fucking Rob Halford autograph for forty bucks anywhere else? You know, yeah, no. And it's a great book too. So yeah, just just right there. Um, for me, you know, I have a wide variety of, of music taste, everything, you know, but I, I want to say and, and people that know me and I used to be, I used to be nervous about admitting this, but you know, one of my favorite bands is the monkeys, right? That's what I'm thankful for being such a fan boy of that band because when I'm in a bad mood or I'm, you know, or depressed or whatever, throwing that band on 
it, it brings me back to a simpler time. It brings me back to my childhood. I know all the songs like the fucking back of my hand. It's just, it's just, it's just fun to listen to, you know? Um, and same thing, like a lot of the 60s music, I, I grew up on the 60s music, 50s and 60s, because that's what my parents listened to all the time. They used to listen to the oldie station all the fucking time, right? Yeah. When there was an oldie station. Uh, so I've become in the past five, ten years a huge Beatles fan, which I was a fan before, but it's just like blown up uh, for me recently. Um, I'm just looking at my 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 fave list on 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 the Spotify, right? Um, I typed in fave list and faceless from Allison Chains came up, right? I guess that's telling me something where's mine okay go home you're drunk spotify what are you doing they deleted it they did not they <laughs> they heard me talking about them they're like hey, fuck this guy um okay so i'm a huge fan of course uh of the beastie boys i've always have been um arion makes me fucking happy anything that 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 Arian Lukinson does. I know he has a project coming out next year that he just announced, but man, nothing beats a fucking new Arian album. Yeah. Maybe one or two, <laughs> maybe a couple of recent ones, but we're not going there. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Um, but yeah, it's just I'm trying to think of like some of these bands, you know, who a lot of the, all of the music that makes me happy is Tom fucking Petty. I really, I really like Tom Petty. Um, hmm. You didn't expect that one, did you? Uh, uh, a lot of these, a lot of these things, I have to listen to a lot. So, um, Tom Petty, I like Tom Petty. I just there are certain songs where I just like I, I can never hear that song again. I'd be happy. I don't need to hear Free Falling ever again sure. in my life. Uh, Death Doom has really been an important part of my life for a long time now. Um, amorphous, insomnium, um, all all that kind of mellow death, death doom. Uh, it really fucking makes me happy, <laughs> which is weird. Like even funeral doom makes me happy. You know, I, there's nothing better than a fucking low end vocal against some like slow plotting, depressing doom music. Uh, it just it just it's. I don't know. I, I guess there's some kind of something about it that does is the opposite effect for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, Suicidal Tendencies has always been a favorite of mine. Of course, we've already mentioned Halloween and some of that early power metal stuff. But yeah, um, just being able to throw on like stuff that makes you happy to get you through your day. That's very important, you know? Yeah. Yeah, you never know what that's going to be, at least for me, day to day. Exactly. Uh, recently, I've gotten more into like '80s, like synth pop, to like Depeche Mode and Erasure and things like that. Yeah. Um, I've always been a Depeche Mode fan, but I don't know. Um, just going back and listening to some of those old albums again, it's uh, reinvigorated my love of that that time period. I grew up in the '80s, so even like. Bands I never really gave the time of day. I'm like, oh, Tears for Fears. They have a couple of really popular songs, but 
they have really good albums too, which I never listened to, you know? I love that. Whatever Erasure's biggest hit is, that um, Auto Respect. Yeah. That is a phenomenal song. The banger, right? Yeah. <laughs> they have some really good music in that that time. Uh, going back to or talking about Death Doom, uh, Swallow the Sun, it, it, it itches, it scratches that itch for me as well. I, I cannot say more about that band than I can. Um, and then like bands like Iron Maiden and Gwar and Typo Negative, all these bands that I grew up on. Life of Agony, man. Um, Trouble, one of my favorites. And this, I'm just, you know, all these bands, just, you know, they make you happy. They bring you back to a time in your life where things were, I guess, simpler for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it always, it was this, this retro, this nostalgia for it. It's really important to me. But then also discovering new bands um, that I really enjoy. That's always a, a great joy for me is to find something new that I've never heard before and really fall in love with something. Yeah. And it happens every year too. So speaking of, do you want to get into our next set list? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this band called Lalu. <laughs> um, I, I never, I didn't know much about these guys before, but um, somebody, I, I think it was David Crossbowman from that metal podcast recommended him to me uh apparently it's a guy um his name is vivian lalu uh he's a keyboardist main songwriter but uh i had no idea that one of my favorite vocalists was in this band and that's the one and only damien wilson um and this is really really cool proggy prog rock metal ish stuff um with damien's vocals on it and it works really really well so uh we're gonna let you guys hear it we're gonna get into a track called forever digital and of course the album is called the fish who wanted to be king there you go Forever 
All right, my friend, back to the show. That was uh, Wayfarer there, not Wayfarer, the the online place where you can buy crappy stuff. That the Wayfarer uh, to enter my house justified from the album called American Gothic. And we were talking about earlier about Panopticon and stuff like that. Um, like there's like this new wave of like Americana bands in a way, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I would get sort of black braid in that genre because they sort of, you know, they, they use their, uh, the native American influences in their music. Um, so what did you think of this before we go into it further? What did you think about this Ray Fair? Um, I, I liked what I've heard so far. I need to listen to the entire album, but yeah, I mean, like the stuff I've heard so far, it's this is the kind of stuff that when I heard that Panopticon album we covered like a couple years ago, yeah, I was like, I remember that album just being one of those things where it's like metal and then folk stuff that's very Appalachia Americana yep. stuff, and I was like, ah, oh, you know, you got to put those two things together, and this is sort of more aligned with the band that's putting those two things together. And having those Americana elements into the metal, mixed in with the metal, and the way they're the way they're writing these sort of hard country, um, uh, you know, uh, folk country riffs or whatever. Yeah. yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's something I've never heard before. So that's which is rare. So yeah, it's a it's a very interesting con- and, and I mean it's they had an album out twenty uh, twenty I think before. Um, they've had, they have many albums out, but, uh, they were just starting to, I, I think with American Cossack, they've, they've hit that stride of blending the black metal with that Americana, the, you know, there's slide guitars and there's elements of, 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 of classic, you know, you, you know, country and all kinds of stuff, it, but it, but it works. It's it's a subtle, subtle stuff. Yes. It's like it's, it's like the subtle gu- nature of the guitar riff not being a metal riff, but being like a something that would sound at home in a in a heavier country song. So, yes. Yeah. So it, it is not it, it, exactly. It's not uh, okay. Here's the metal riff. Here's the the black metal riff. And now we're going to move to oh, here's a part where it sounds like country music. Yeah. No, it's all sort of blended together and, and it works. Uh, the the lyrics and the you know like the concept of the album um it's all like you know early eight late 1800 1900 early 1900s like reaper on the oil fields and in high plains eulogy that type of stuff you know what i mean yeah um it's just a really good album i really really like this new wayfarer and uh they're on profound lore records which always puts out great stuff too you know yeah, always interesting artists at, at the very least. Yes. So, uh, I like I know there's a couple of albums on my top end uh, list just by glancing that are on this label, but we're not going to spoil that. We'll get to that later. Um, there's another band I can't remember. I, I think they're called Spirit World. Um, they did a little bit of this. They had an album last year called Death Western. But that was a little. That was more of like in your face, like, "Hey, we're a a country metal band." You know what I mean? This yeah. Wayfair is more. Um, it's it's subtle. It's subdued, but it all works. Yeah. You know, I recommend this album a lot. It's probably gonna 
sit pretty high on my year end list this year. Uh, what was it before that? Oh yeah, Lalu, right? <laughs> yeah, Lalu, uh, the Damian Wilson prog band. Yeah, when I when they when they got recommended to me, somebody reckon recommended like I think Dave David recommended to me months and months ago. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll listen to it. But then somebody else did. I can't remember. And then I once Damian Wilson's unmistakable voice showed up. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. You sold me on this one. The uh, I know Damien Wilson is doing a tour of Europe, England, maybe soon. I cannot wait to see the the set list because he's talking about doing stuff from his entire career. So there's there'll be stuff from Arion, there'll be stuff from Threshold, there'll be stuff from uh, everything that he's doing. Um, but yeah, I if you really want a really uh, good sounding and and well written prog album. I recommend this album, The Fish Who Wanted to Be King. Weird name, but that goes with the territory, right? I wouldn't expect anything less from Prague. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's, they're on Frontiers Records, too. So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, it, we're about to uh, get to our last uh, song of the evening, but I wanted to point pull this out to you uh, real quick. Is there? We're getting close to the end of the year. Uh is there anything that you're looking forward to in the coming year, in the coming first couple of months? Oh, besides the Bruce Dickinson, it, the only thing that comes to mind is the Bruce Dickinson. Like, I mean, I'm kind of blinded by that. Um, but, but the possibility of a Blind Guardian tour is—I really miss that band. You know, I, I miss seeing them live, and I, I'm and I just had a, um, a a friend who is part of the Power Metal um, Reddit who was just saw them like last week in uh, South America. Yeah. And he was just, you know, talking about this show and the, you know, the, how, how great it was and how much fun he had. And I was like, how are the new songs live? He's like, yeah, new songs are great live. It's like, Oh, I'm really intrigued by that because I want to, you know, the, the God machine, it, it was a, it was a decent album, but it, it's not something that I find myself going back to. So I wonder if hearing those songs, from that last album live would change my mind on a lot of those. So um, I'm eager for Blind Guardian to come back to Texas. And I would definitely consider if they're not going to be coming to Houston, driving out somewhere to go see them. Oh, of course. So I know you will. So uh, yeah, those two things really. I'm looking for, I know uh, Anthrax is currently working on a new album right now. Um, We have the new Judas Priest coming soon in March, I believe. Um, Firewind has a new album that we talked about with a new ministry album coming out. Uh, Dragon Force has a new album. Uh, Eson has a new album self-titled. I did not know this, but I guess Pierre Weiberg has a, uh, an album coming out. So it's going to be a, a good year. I hope for, for metal. Um, a lot of bands have, uh, albums in production are, are going to be having coming out with albums in next year. So uh, looking forward to it. Another year of quality metal of, and then new, uh, new findings, man. I need to go and back and find this interview. I just, I listened to on the podcast. I, I can't remember who it was. It was someone in the, in the music, in the metal industry, but yeah. they were talking about like how the metal release, you know, like they release singles like months and months and months ahead yes. of time. And then it just gets lost in the noise and no one cares about it when the album comes out. 
like I because that just summarizes exactly what I think like this priest thing. You know, it's like they you just released about this all the, the time. single, and it's like the album's not coming out. It's like oh, the album must be right around the corner, like January. It's like no, it's gonna be a couple months after that, right? And it's like get this fucking album out already, man. Like I don't care about the vinyl being delayed. Like I, yeah, I, I know I rant about that a lot, but. But some it was it was vindicating to hear someone in the industry. I can't remember who it was. I want to. I need to go back and find it. But someone was saying that exact thing, and I was just like, "Yes, that that exact thing." <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. I know why they do it because it, it gets they release the the YouTube lyric video or whatever they do. It gets it gets it in people's minds to, to be prepared for it. It it, it is not for us. Well. Well, but see, the the argument that, that he was making, the argument that I'm making, is that you're you're putting too much time out there between the first single and then the third single and then the album release. Like some of these bands do this, like a six months out, and it needs to be compressed to like one month. You know, that's how K-pop works. It's like one month, right? Like, hey, we're gonna, hey, hey, guess what? One month from now, this band you like, or this group you like, is gonna be putting out a thing, and then super excitement for a month, and then you just release it, and it's like maximum impact. And metal needs to get on board with that, you know. That's well, why Spotify it was, does that too, because like every Friday they release, they have something called Release Radar, right? Yeah, which. It, it's it, it's based on your listening habits and stuff like that. So, uh, like my first one was like the new Judas Priest single, right? Of course, it, singles go on there, and then like, oh, when did that album come out? I have no idea. Um, but I do listen to that release radar every Friday, and sometimes multiple times through the weekend, just to see what's new, what is coming out. So, but you're diligent. You know, like you're yeah. you're a diligent music listener. Not not most music listeners aren't that diligent. I and the thing it. is, like you know, the, when the when the Tube Mold album came out recently, how much excitement there was! Like all of a sudden, there's a new Tube Mold album. There was no warning. There was no like, hey, like five months ago, Tube Mold released a single, and eventually <laughs> we're going to get this album <laughs> right. like later. No, it just it just happened, and all of a sudden there was a Tube Mold album, and the internet went nuts. And that. I, more bands need to embrace that. I, was, I, I applaud Tumult for doing that. I think that was really cool of them to do that. Because it's more in line with what they're doing in like pop music and hip-hop, where all of a sudden there's a new Beyonce song out and everyone's going nuts. Like, yeah. well, Tumult did the same thing, and, and it worked for them, too. Right. You know? So, yeah. I see that. I mean, I'm on both sides of the fences on this one, I think, you know? Because I do like hearing songs before the album comes out. But... But I do see your, I see your point, and it, it, it sort of devalues the release, and um, because yeah, there is yeah. sometimes there is such a there is such a, a delay between oh I heard this Judas Priest song four months right. ago I'm not yeah and, and I'm not I'm not saying don't release a song I'm saying release a song two weeks before the album comes out sure just two weeks or three weeks or something but or you know. Make it minimal time. Don't do it like three or four or five months out. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Just, like two, two weeks. Two weeks is a great time. Hey, here's a new Judas Priest single. And guess what? Two weeks from now, the album's out. It's like, oh, all right, let's go. Judas Priest, you know? Yep. I yeah. get it. No, yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. It does. Um, was there anything else? No, I, I think we covered everything. Uh-huh. We covered a lot yeah. in this episode. So... With that being said, I want to thank you guys for uh, hanging out with us and listening to us uh, ramble and rant this evening. Um, if you want to find us on the interwebs, we're at www.msrcast.com. 
We're on all the places where you download your podcast. We're on Spotify and Apple Music and blah, 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 all those places and all of our social media at MSRcast. And you can also check out the Metal Geeks podcast, which is our sister show, uh, where we talk about, we still talk about heavy metal, but we talk about comic books and video games and movies and all kinds of geeky stuff. And uh, you can find all that same places. And uh, social media is at Metal Geeks. And while you're on Facebook, check out the Metal Geek Society, where we, uh, you know, talk about music and post stupid memes and all kinds of st- all kinds of funny geeky stuff. So check us out there. Uh, what about you, sir? Uh, can find me at the Metal Pigeon on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and themetalpigeon.com. And um, yeah, and we have a Blind Guardian article coming out soon. That we said. Oh, no, uh, Bruce Dickinson. Bruce Dickinson, yeah. that's right. So I just put it out in the universe. He's writing a, bl- a Blind Guardian article next. I hope. Well, I mean, you never know. All right, All right guys. Uh, thank you to the Metal Pigeon for hanging out with me this evening. And thank you guys for listening. As always, we have la- one last thing we have to say. I almost fucked that up. As always, we have one last thing we have to say. Uh, keep it metal and happy Thanksgiving. That's right. Hey, Geekazoids. Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.